Hello, this is Ahuka coming to you once again from lovely southeast Michigan on a Memorial Day, as it happens, here in the United States. Uh, so I'm not at work, and it is beastly hot out there. But what I want to do is I want to give a little report on a, an event called PenguinCon that I had the pleasure of attending about a month ago. Uh, PenguinCon is uh, kind of an interesting event I think a little different from many others in that it combines a science fiction convention with a Linux fest. Uh, there's quite a few examples of each of those separately, but PenguinCon's the only one I know of that actually attempts to combine both of them. So it makes for a very interesting weekend, um, and I want to tell you about my weekend just to give you a flavor of how I spent my time. Uh, but the, the thing you have to bear in mind with all of this is that uh, in any decent convention, conference, what have you, every time slot is going to have a bunch of different things you could be doing. So you're constantly trying to decide which thing do I want to go to. Uh, and that's a good thing. I mean, it's a much better problem than looking at it and saying, you know, this all sucks. I don't want to go to any of it. Uh, fortunately, uh, that was not a problem that I had uh, on this particular weekend. Now, the 2012 edition of PenguinCon took place the last weekend in April, so the 27th through the 29th. Uh, the science fiction author guest of honor was John Scalzi who is probably most famous for the Old Man's War series. Oddly enough, I never attended any of his panels. <laughs> Just happens to be that way. And then the uh, tech guest of honor was Jim Geddes. And uh, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. G-E-T-T-Y-S. Uh, so maybe it's Geddes or Geddes or whatever. <clears throat> but the thing that, uh, that he might be famous, uh, that you might know about, is uh, he's the fellow who diagnosed the whole problem of buffer bloat, which is getting a lot of attention now. And is a, it's a pretty serious problem on the Internet. Uh, might be worth a, a show in and of itself one of these days to talk about what's involved with buffer bloat. <clears throat> but it's for another time. This is, this is PenguinCon. <clears throat> so as I said, the, uh, uh, there, there's a bunch of things going on. I have tended most years to spend most of my time in the Linux and technology stuff. Even though I'm actually a science fiction fan, um, if you're into science fiction, particularly some of the older science fiction, and you take a look at my domain name, uh, zwilnik.com, you might recognize that that comes from science fiction. It's a, a reference from uh, a series of novels by an author named E.E. E. Doc Smith, 
um, called the Lensman series. And uh, so I, I took that word from there and discovered no one had used it for a domain, and it's now mine, all mine, yay. So uh, what happened here? Um, PenguinCon starts on Friday afternoon. Uh, I managed to take a little time off, leave the office a few hours early that day so that I could get down there uh, in good order. Um, and uh, the, I got there about 5 o'clock, um, probably a little before 5, but at 5 o'clock there was a, a presentation by a friend of mine, Ryan Cather, talking about Juju Charms. I didn't know a lot about Juju Charms. Um, I, I knew I had seen George Castro from Canonical um, talking about it a lot without quite understanding what it was he was talking about, but uh, it, it looks like apparently Juju Charms is a way of scripting how you can uh, deploy, install, stand up uh, software platforms in the cloud. It's kind of interesting, and in my new job, that uh, is something that we're doing. So it was kind of interesting to hear a little bit about how that works from Ryan. Uh, and then right after that was my talk, which was on the uh, Linux directory structure. That, that seemed to go well. Uh, I might do see if I can adapt some of that for a Hacker Public Radio one of these days. Uh, and, you know, it was nice because I had a good turnout. Um, the, the talk was well received. And the fact that I, I got my talk out of the way really right at the beginning meant I could kind of relax for the whole rest of the weekend and just do whatever I felt like. And that's nice. After my talk, I went over to the Ubuntu uh, release party put on by the Ubuntu Michigan Loco, which I am a member of. Um, and my friend Craig Maloney, who will come up again, is the uh, president, chairman, whatever, of the LOCO. In other words, he's the poor bastard who got stuck with having to do all the organizing work. Um, so we went to the release party. Uh, I did not have the Ubuntu 12.04 installed at this point. Actually, if I've mentioned before, I used the KDE version, Kubuntu. But one of the uh, firm resolutions I've made is never do a platform upgrade right before you're supposed to give a talk. Uh, that way lies potential disasters. So I decided that was something I'd take a look at later. In fact, when PenguinCon was over, late Sunday, I think I started uh, my first install uh, of the 12.04. So after the release party, it was time for dinner. Uh, went out with, uh, with Craig. Uh, his wife, Jody Baker, uh, Rick Harding, who is a developer who works for Canonical, um, I believe on Launchpad, lives in the area. And, uh, and Rick and uh, Craig uh, do a podcast together called The LocoCast. Um, the URL is in the show notes. It's, it's kind of irregular. Um, they might go a month or two without doing anything and then you know, put out a couple uh, a few weeks apart. Um, and uh, let's see, James Heiss, from, who was part of the PenguinCon staff, was, uh, was with us. And there were a few other people. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm, I'm drawing a blank on some of the names. I, so I can even picture one or two people, and, and I just don't remember their names. But that was, we had a nice dinner, the Chinese food, and then I decided to go home. 
So Saturday, Saturday is the day-long extravaganza, and it started off with a bang. Bruce Schneier was uh, speaking, um, and uh, you know that any time I can go to hear Bruce Schneier, I'm going to take advantage of that. Uh, I assume most of you know that he is one of the top people in the whole area of security, uh, and if you didn't know that then start checking out. He's got books, he's got a, an email newsletter, um, a blog, uh, well worth, um, well worth uh, following this guy. So he did a talk on security and trust that I thought was pretty interesting. That He started originally from the standpoint of computer security and then looking at the whole issue of trust as it happens in our society. And, uh, you know, what he points out is that we trust all sorts of things all the time. He was talking about, you go to a restaurant, you trust that no one has put poison in the food. Right? Um, if, if, you, uh, <clears throat> if you're walking down the street, you trust that, you know, no one is going to drive their car onto the sidewalk and try and kill you. And uh, so there are all sorts of things that we trust all the time. It's just a normal part of life. But at the same time, uh, by the same token, it can be in the interests of individuals to violate that trust uh, and try and take advantage of you in various ways. So where, how does that work? Where is the balance? And he did a little bit of game theory, nothing, nothing terribly heavy, but I, I think intuitively you can see that there has to be a balance there. Um, you cannot abuse trust unless trust is there to begin with. But if too many people abuse the trust, then the trust disappears. And so we develop social institutions to try and moderate and uh, regulate all of this activity. Then I went to a presentation on Beagleboard uh, by a fellow named Jason Cridner. Uh, and uh, you know, I think many people are familiar with Beagleboard. It's a nice open platform, runs Linux. You know, it's a good hobbyist kind of thing. Then, then to a panel on libraries and librarians in the information age. And, and it was kind of interesting. We had a couple of people who were professional librarians who were talking about how everything is changing. Uh, and, you know, there, there's copyright and digital restrictions and things moving into the electronic realm, etc. It was very interesting to uh, get their take on all of that. Then there was a panel on uh, Heinlein. And uh, the panel was put on by Eric Raymond, who y you may know as the author of The Cathedral and the Bazaar, and Jim Geddes, who is the, the tech guest of honor, the buffer bloat guy. Um, I'm, he's done a lot of other things. That's just what is currently in the news. So that was mostly just a bunch of geeks geeking out and with occasional references to Heinlein. <laughs> Then I went to a panel by uh, Jody Baker. Uh, now, Jody is the wife of Craig Maloney of the uh, Ubuntu Michigan Loco. Um, and I think I'd met her once or twice. It was the first time I actually heard her uh, speak. She's a very good speaker. She, uh, I learned some things I didn't know. She teaches physics. Um, judging by the way she did the talk, she's probably a darn good teacher, too. Uh, so this was about some of the things you can do as a, just as a private citizen to help advance science. And so I, a lot of these are things that I think people listening to this podcast would know about, um, like SETI at home and, and those kinds of things or uh, some of the genetic stuff.
Then uh, Craig did a talk on what's new with Ubuntu 12.04, and basically the focus of what he was saying is, look, this is a long-term support release. The focus is on stability, and they've really made it very stable, very usable. Um, I, I don't know if people have already made their minds up about all of this. Uh, I know when Unity first was introduced, a lot of people just didn't like it. Um, and I, I'm not sure it was fully baked when it was introduced, but uh, Craig made a pretty strong pitch that, in fact, it, it really is a good usable system. And, in fact, as a result of his talk, I decided to install it on one of my machines, which I have been using for various things, just sort of kicking the tires and getting to know it. And I'd have to tell you, um, I don't find Unity all that difficult to work with. Um, it, it, it does some things really well. Is it going to be my full-time operating system? Not at this point. But, you know, who knows? Something might happen. So after that presentation, it was time for dinner. I went out with a, a lady named Catherine Devlin, who is very active in the Python community here in the Midwestern part of the United States. Uh, Catherine and I have been running into each other at these kinds of events for years now. And uh, so we went out for some uh, Middle Eastern food. Uh, people who don't know uh, Southeast Michigan might not be aware that there's such a large um, Arabic and Middle Eastern community here. It really is quite large. Um, so if you're into that kind of food, this is a good place to go. Then after dinner was back for uh, the last presentation that I attended of the evening, which was on IP version 6 software. Uh, and this was uh, a presentation by Michael Mall. And uh, it, was, it was interesting to learn more about that. Uh, IPv6 is something that is on the, on the horizon. Uh, you know, how fast we're all going to be converting over to it, you know, that's a different thing. The, the plans right now, as far as I know, are that uh, IP version 4 is not going to stop anytime soon. If, if that's what you're working on, you can keep working on it but uh, they're running out of addresses. So, it, you know, at some point people are just going to find if you're trying to get an address, IPv6 is all that they offer. I thought, you know, let's try and get a jump on that. I, I don't have to do anything immediate, but I thought it was a good idea to get a little bit of education. By the time that was over with, I was tired. Uh, so I went home and, and went to bed. These, uh, these conventions can be very tiring. <laughs> <clears throat> Sunday. I started the day off with a, a presentation on sustainable engineering and developing economies uh, put on by Christy Courier. A very interesting presentation and there are two things that you, when you talk about sustainability, um, you know, it, it has to be inexpensive and it has to be something that can be maintained in the field. All right. Uh, you can't have technology that requires you to ship something back to the manufacturer. That just isn't going to cut it in a developing economy. And the problem that, uh, that she talked a lot about, and it really is a very big problem in the developing world, is water. How are you going to get access to clean, potable water? Um, 
there may be water there, but it's very dirty. It has diseases, what have you. And so she was talking about how they were trying to develop technology that used just your basic PVC piping that you can get in any plumbing supply store and a little bit of ingenuity and away you go with, uh, with clean water coming out. And that is the sort of thing that can be maintained in the field. So it's a very interesting uh, technology there. Then I went through, uh, went to a uh, presentation called The Past Through Digital Audio. And this was put on by a group called the Science Fiction Oral History Association. Uh, and this was really the first I had uh, encountered this group that I knew of. Uh, but they've been around for a little while anyway. And uh, we got to hear, first of all, some, uh, they, they played recordings of uh, interviews, talks, what have you, with people like Isaac Asimov, Arthur C. Clarke, Lester Del Rey, uh, and so on. You know, these some of the real great figures in the history of science fiction. Uh, now, obviously, Asimov, uh, you know, I think all three of them have passed away. So these recordings are really all that we have left. So it's important that they be preserved. Uh, these were made uh, with uh, tape recorders originally. <coughs> but uh, part of what they're doing now is, is saying we want to digitize all of this stuff. And um, I got excited about all of that. So uh, I volunteered to help with that. I have really all the equipment and I know what to do to digitize cassette tapes, which is what they're working with. <coughs> Excuse me. Getting over a bit of a cold here. The other thing they're trying to do is to add to what they have, um, and they can add by going out to uh, conferences and making more recordings, and they're doing that now. They're going to science fiction conventions and conferences and what have you, and, and making recordings with, of course, the permission of the speakers. They're very scrupulous about getting release forms and all of that. Interesting stuff. If you're a science fiction fan, check them out. Um, now... Uh, the URL is in the show notes. Um, I'm not going to keep mentioning the URL is in the show notes for all of these. Just know that I, I have put them there. Then there was a uh, birds of a feather session uh, on Raspberry Pi. That was rather subdued uh, due to the fact that nobody there actually had a Raspberry Pi. So it was mostly people sitting around talking about what they thought they might do with it if they ever got it. Uh, then I went to a talk by Ruth uh, Sewell, who is an employee of Red Hat. And I first uh, heard Ruth speak at Ohio Linux Fest last year, so I knew she was a good speaker. And she did a talk on called the Pop Culture Guide to Open Source. Uh, again, very interesting. There's drawing some parallels between open source software, open culture, pop culture, how all of these things interrelate. Um, and and you know she's a good speaker. So if you if you get a chance to go to one of her talks, well worth doing. And afterwards, I get a chance to chat with her and with uh, Spot Calloway, who works for the Fedora Project. Um, <laughs> trying to recruit them as speakers for Ohio Linux Fest, but apparently they have a schedule conflict, so I failed. But it was still nice talking to them. And then the last talk I attended, uh, Michael Mall again on IPv6 for the home. Um, one of the things that Michael talked about is that you, you can get... Uh, 
I don't know if this is available internationally or just in the United States. Uh, I haven't had a chance to figure that one out, but it's a company called Hurricane Electric that offers IPv6 accounts that, you know, anyone can get. Um, and so they can give you access to IPv6. You can start working with it, see how it's going to work with, uh, with what you're doing. Uh, even more interesting than the fact that they offer IPv6 uh, accounts is that they offer a free training and certification program in IPv6. So if you're looking to just get your feet wet, add to your skill set or whatever, um, I, I'd encourage you to take a look at it. Again, URL in the show notes. Um, so that was... Uh, that was the last of the presentations. After that, they had uh, closing ceremonies, um, and I discovered that my friend Chris Krieger is apparently getting more involved in this, but that's for another day. So um, this is uh, it's just you know one person's report, but it's kind of interesting. If listening to this, you sort of think, gee, I wouldn't mind going to an event like that. Um, it happens every year, uh, usually around like the end of April or beginning of May uh, in southeast Michigan. This year it was in Dearborn, which is a suburb of Detroit. Um, previously, it's been in Romulus or Troy. Or, I mean, these are all suburbs of Detroit. Um, you know, whatever hotel is big enough to handle <laughs> all of the activities, really. Uh, it's an event I really enjoy, um, so I encourage you, if you can uh, arrange to be in the area at the right time, um, you know, this is worth going to. I'm already looking forward to 2013. And with that said, I'm going to mention once again that Ohio Linux Fest, which I have the great honor of being the publicity director for, is looking for speakers. Our, our call for talks is wide open, and we're still trying to uh, get some pe- get more people to submit talks. You know, the more submissions we have, uh, the better for everyone. Uh, you know, if we have a lot of submissions, we can have a lot of high-quality talks, and that's really what we're trying to do here. So I've put the URL in the show notes, um, and I'd encourage you, if, if you're anywhere around the middle part of the United States or can arrange to be around the middle part of the United States the last weekend in September, uh, submit a a proposal. Uh, You know, we're looking for all kinds of talks. We're looking for every level of expertise from beginner to advanced. Um, We're looking for things about free software, open software, open hardware, um, it doesn't have to be Linux. Anything that's free or open is of interest to us. Uh, so it, it could be BSD, it could be applications, it could be any number of things. We're, we're pretty broad about that. Um, and, you know, we're looking for men and women, young and old. It's uh, the, the more variety, uh, the more inclusive we can be, the better we feel about it. So uh, a lot of opportunities here for, for people to give talks. I encourage you to do that. And with that, uh, this is Ahuka signing out on another Hacker Public Radio presentation. See you later. (music) 
You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Share Alike, 3.0 license.